0: What what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're you're, you're listening to Big
1: Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel
0: Coaching Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. This is the first edition of 2020. So, really excited today. I am Brian McCulloch. I am your host. You've probably heard a couple of episodes. If you're not, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, welcome. So happy to have you here. So, for everyone who's always here and always listening, thanks so much. Uh, as you know, I am the assistant to the boss, the Big Wheel herself, my lovely wife, Joy Joy. And I am joined today with one of our coaches, Leo, Coach Leo. So stoked to have you back. We're going to talk some goal setting. Uh, it's New Year's resolution time, and we're going to take it to the next level, right, buddy?
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, and good evening, everyone.
1: It's going to be a good day. Just last week, we did what was uh, the 8th, maybe even the 9th, uh, four, four Days to Fitness. And Four Days to Fitness, for those of you who were there, you'll know, but but for those of you who haven't joined us, Four Days to Fitness is uh, just four days. Kind of uh, bootleg training rides that we do with some friends out in the Santa Clarita area. Coach Leo was there, and we usually do. It's just been become tradition over the last few years that with our friends over at CBS Cycling, we go over there and we end up taking a group of people that want to come. It's a totally free event. We end up meeting up there and we talk about basically Redux Night 2019, the year behind us, and think about the year ahead of us. So we talk about goals and we talk about. All sorts of things, because here at Big World Coaching, we want to help you have make 2020 your best season yet. So, whatever your goals are, we want to help you put the put an action plan together to help that help you be successful, right? And so, we've always done this thing at Four Days of Fitness with our friends over at CBS Cycling, and uh, this year we have a podcast so it's we thought Leo and I after doing the presentation where we uh, we always bring people a little bit of homework so we have a two-page worksheet that we did and uh, for our athletes they have a Google sheet to be able to follow along they do all that and turn that into us. So getting started here with this goal setting component I'm sure if you're listening to this you've got some goals written down and you've thought about goals and you think okay 2020 I want to go and do this big event be it the death ride, be it like Leo, you want to have a killer racing season, or myself, I want to do some gravel events and continue racing at a high level, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever your goals are, if you're listening to this, there's a very good chance you have already created some goals. And what Leo and I want to do with you today is we want to challenge you to go a step further. And in fact, not just a single step further, we want you to go through the whole process of of, of completing your goals. And It's one thing to write the goals down. It's another, well, it's another thing altogether to write them down and think about what the plan of attack might be. And that's really what today's podcast is about. Is we've taken over the years of Big Wheel coaching, we always started with, hey, what are your goals? When we would have our new athletes or when we would turn over, turn the calendar page to a new year, we would get together and we'd say, Hey, what are your goals? What are your goals? What are your goals? So goal setting is something we've done for a long time but it's got to, we've come to find out there's another couple of layers that really make it in a well-rounded process shall we say right so it's not just writing your goal down it's about visualizing what it's going to feel like accomplishing your goals right because you want to know and intrinsically understand like oh why am i going after that and then there's a whole other question there so When adversity strikes, you want to know why you're going through this or not even necessarily adversity. When it's very simple and you're tired and you don't want to get up early and go on that training ride that you know you need to do, you need to do four hours today. But to do that, you got to get up early to to make it happen because you still got family lunch or or honeydews after. you got to be able to know why you're going to get up early. So it's not just a right goals. It's now about why we do them. Visualizing what will feel like to accomplish them. Further, we want to, we've added the SWOT analysis. And for those of you in the business world, you'll, uh, you'll completely understand what we're talking about when we talk about business, uh, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So we add that a little athlete flavor, a little big wheel coaching athlete flavor there. And we talk about strengths for you as an athlete, both physical and non-physical. And then we talk about weaknesses. And, and here at Big Wheel Coaching, we don't really like the word weaknesses because that means that it, uh, it's kind of a passive approach, right? We're very proactive here. We want to take the tools to be successful. And so we think of weaknesses are, in most cases, undeveloped strengths. Okay, and we're going to get into that a bit more. And then we think about opportunities. How can we use our strengths to create opportunity and achieve success in our goals? And threats, what are the things that might derail us from achieving success? be it injury, be it lack of motivation, be it weather, be it equipment, whatever. So we've got to assess those threats so that we can then prepare to deal with them when they come along. So we do that that SWOT analysis, but we add a little athlete tweak on it. And then we also, we think it's really important to add some milestone targets. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to wrap it all up with a little bit, with a few quotes and some good stuff. So we're going to jump right on into it. We titled this document, Your Best Cycling Season. What do you want to achieve? And we we challenged everybody to write two goals that get them excited and motivated to push their limits. Do you feel comfortable sharing one of your goals with us? Of
0: course. Yeah. One of my big goals is to get in the breakaway at Redlands Bicycle Classic. You know, that's that's a goal that really inspires me intrinsically because I know what it takes to well I should say I know that it's going to take a lot out of me to just to get even remotely close to being able to do that. So that's what's really going to allow me to get that intrinsic motivation to get out of bed early in the morning or, you know, after work, just put in the training time. And then my second goal would be, you know, something a bit more tangible, I feel, is going for that most aggressive rider jersey at CBR.
1: I love it. I love it. And you've won that before, right? That was two years ago you won the most aggressive rider jersey.
0: Yeah, I, I did. and. You know, a lot of that was through just being in the breakaway and just playing the right cards and showing up to all seven of the CBRs. And that's what allowed me to grab the jersey. And I uh, believe, and then you won it
1: again the uh, last year. Yep. So. Yep. That is true. Yeah. Well, it, it, the thing that I think is important for people to at home to understand when we think about those two goals, we want to dissect those two goals and, and break them down. Okay, so for you at home, if you're writing down your two goals, you already heard things that get Leo excited. He already infused his goal with what is going to get him excited and keep him motivated. Because if you make the goal too too ambitious, it can deflate your motivation and be like, well, there's just no way I'm going to, there's just no way that I'm going to achieve that. So I'm not going to do the work. So it's important that you make your goal something, something, achievable, but not so achievable that you're not going to even strive for it. So, for example, saying something like, I want to complete the Redlands Bicycle Classic, that's not necessarily motivating me as an athlete because I've done it nine times, right? I'm going to strive for something more and say, hey, I want to finish the Sunset Road Race, which is day five. I want to finish that in the front group. And I've never done that before, right? So, So that's something that's really motivating and challenging. But not so far off as for me to say, Hey, I want to win a stage because that would be probably a bit, a bit lofty. But so for you guys at home, I think it's really important to kind of sit that down and really try and find that balance because it should, it should this mo, this, this goal should challenge you, might even scare you a little bit, but it's too much. And then all of a sudden you're just going to get halfway or you're going to get started down the path and not even going to try. So the, the next component of our, of our process once we've written down these two goals. And the reason we want you, by the way, I should back up. The reason why I want you to write down two goals is because I don't want you to be uber fixated on one goal. Okay. If you want to write down three goals, four goals, that's great. I don't want you to do 10, tens too many, but let's think about a couple of goals that you can work towards. And, and if you're really, really ambitious and you're listening to this and you're going, you know what, I've got some professional goals that I'd like to write down too. That's that's where this is really important because when you're dedicating yourself to, for example, like your cycling, say you're investing seven, eight, 9 10, 12, 20 hours a week in your cycling, we want the goals to be appropriate for that. And you can do the same thing for your professional goals. You can do the same thing in your personal life you and do the same thing for whatever you're doing. So you can have multiples of these documents filled out, right? So I know at least for me, I have personal goals. I have professional goals, both in my coaching things that I want to achieve as a coach and as an athlete. So I use this document for both, right? I don't, I I can't, that's why I don't want you to have 10 cycling goals because 10 cycling goals means I probably don't have the bandwidth to do any personal or professional goals. And chances are, if you're listening to this, you have all of those, right? So after you've written them down, this is a fun part. I, I think this is very important to the goal setting process is I want people to vividly describe what it will feel like to achieve these goals. And I use the word vividly for a good reason because I really want most bike riders, not all of them, but most of us learn by doing, okay? And so we feel, touch, taste, smell. That's how we learn, right? Very few of us are auditory learners where we just, somebody instructs us to do something, we learn it. Most of us learn by experience, Okay, and because of that, that means you're probably very visual in the way you do things. And if you are like most athletes and you are very visual, this component where you make a very vivid description of your goal will be extra powerful for you because now you can connect a visual of what it will and the emotional component of what your goal is will, will feel, touch, taste, feel like. Okay. And when you do that, that is going to help keep you motivated. Like Leo said, when it's early in the morning and you had to drag yourself out of bed and get an extra bit of coffee in before you get on the trainer or whatever and whatnot, right? Or if you're training after a, a marathon of meetings at work or this, that, the other. So vividly describing what it feels like to achieve these goals. Leo, you and I have talked about your goals what what will it feel like for you would you do you mind sharing yours
0: yeah i would love to man the, <clears throat> man to, to just be able to have those goals set in mind will just allows me to go after the chase and it really creates that purpose to do what i love doing even though it's rain or shine And, you know, it might be cruddy weather when you have a clear vision of what you want to do. It makes it, I'd say, a bit easier to have the behavior to just be consistent with your training. And, you know, and one of my athletes, I think a great example with what he's going through, you know, he's busy with work. And then he's got, you know, he's got some things in the morning and he couldn't get his training in. So what ended up happening was it was already midnight and, you know, he ends up still training outside, got on the bike and still did his workout at midnight. You know, and Brian, you know, of course you and I can talk about this. at
1: midnight?
0: (laughs) Outside at midnight, still got it in. And, you know, of course, like, you know, it's probably best to just rest, you know, it's already kind of too late, but I don't know. What what are your thoughts about that? But his purpose was just, you know, it's just so clear to him. He just wants to squeeze it in.
1: I love that. I love that. I will say that, that's absolutely impressive. And I wanna then take the other side of that and caution that and temper that and like you already alluded to is that mm-hmm. in the moment we 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 have to look at what is the best thing. And and really this is why you have a coach, right? You wanna look at what is the best thing for me long term and what is the best thing for me short term. So yes, long term is it great to be able to check the box and get all of the the workouts in. As necessary, yes. But the reality is, if you go too far, and in that particular case, getting on the bike the bicycle at midnight and riding outdoors is pretty extreme, and the risk is quite high, right? Now, I mean, I've done a lot of riding at night over the years, and never ridden at midnight, but certainly ridden uh, quite late into the <laughs> evening. And uh, the 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 issue, you know, you you think about it, it like logically, you're like, well. Yeah. There's not as much traffic on the road, you know? Hey, at least there's that, you know? And so you got to give them kudos for that. And then you just go, okay, hey, next time that happens, like let's just jump on the trainer. Let's call it 45 minutes. Let's rock something out. because what you, you The other knock-on effect is you start the ride or you finish the ride at midnight, whatever. Okay. Now you're wound up tight. Your circadian rhythm is even more jacked up than it's been. Right. And so let's just say you got home from a marathon of meetings and holiday shopping and everything like that. And you're like, man, I just, I really wish I could do workout. It's one thing to jump on the trainer and do it. You still have to unwind from that and be able, it's probably going to compromise your sleep starting a workout so late, but going outside in the weather and the elements and doing all that. And I'm sure there was a little bit of thrill and like, Hey, that was cool. Nobody's doing that. But at the same time, you know, you do the, the risk you assume for that is just like, Oof, man, that's, sometimes a little bit much. And, 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 and I say that as someone like, I want to do everything possible to help people succeed. So if, Hey, if we gotta, if we gotta be creative, let's get creative. I I just want to make sure that we don't assume more risks, specifically outdoor risk that could result in injury um, in those situations. So I would say, because it all worked out, you know, like high five, great job. So impressed. Like, Oh, I'm so impressed. But, but at the same time, like, Next time, let's, I think there could be a better decision that would help long term, you know? But again, that's just me hearing the situation from you right there. I, I don't know all the details.
0: That like really translates towards, you know, the next question on like, why are the goals important to you? His goal, I believe, like taking away the riding at midnight, but just, just understanding him psychologically, he's probably thinking, you know, his goals are so important to him that he's just going to do whatever it takes, to try and complete that because he's just so inspired to just get it done. I believe that's what a type of goal we need to have. Oh to yeah, that's, that a, that's, a, that's an incre-
1: impressive drive, right? I mean, just to be so driven, to be like, hey, I'm going to put my kid on at 11 o'clock at night and start riding or whatever it is, right? That's that's really impressive. But what I would say is when we talk about, we want to answer this question. Why are these goals important? The why gets tossed around a lot. Like you can go on social media, or you can go on the internet and just like, you know, find your why. What's your zen moment? Find your why. And and I think what gets lost in all that discussion of of finding your why, it should just be really gut reaction. Why is this important to you? Why is this important to you? It's not like we're trying to grill people or or, or you know justify their what they're doing, but in some ways. We want them, well, in a lot of ways, we want them to be able to justify it to themselves, right? Like if you're going to take this time away from your family, if you're going to take this time away from your work, if you're going to take this time and invest it in this thing, which is your cycling, and you're going to say, hey, I want to be the top three in my age group at the Mammoth Grand Fondo, right? Whatever that is, right? Or, Mm -hmm. hey, I want to get the most aggressive rider's jersey at CBR. Hey, I want to get my category three upgrade. Whatever that is, we need to know why. We need to know why it's important to you, okay? One of my athletes who listens to our podcast regularly and is just incredibly helpful um, with feedback, his goal when he went through this process was, hey, I want to find balance. Mm -hmm. I want to find balance in my life. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was really interesting was that's really him searching for his why because he has to go talk to his wife and say, hey, hey honey, I'm going to go spend five hours on my bicycle today. Or, hey, it's Sunday and I've been working all week and I've been doing 12-hour shifts. I need to go do this two-hour sprint workout because I want to I be competitive in the Most Aggressive Riders jersey in Category 4, right? Well, he you know, he has to know why because he has to go tell his wife, hey, hey, babe, this is really important to me and let me tell you why. So it's not only that we want you to understand your why, it's so that you can communicate that to the people that love and care about you and express to them. Because when you're making sacrifices and and if as an athlete and you're listening to this, I want you, you have to know you're making sacrifices in your time to be doing this. And those sacrifices are worth it. And that's the why. When you know that the sacrifices are worth it, then you can help educate all the people around you to go, well, geez, dad, geez, mom, geez, husband, geez, wife. Like, why are we, why am I doing this? Why are you doing this thing? And you go, oh, well, it's very simple because I want to wear that jersey. And when I wear that jersey, there's nope. there's, you know, there's 80 people who started that day who wanted to wear that jersey just for one day. And I want to wear it for the whole season. Right. And that's what we're talking about with you doing the most aggressive rider jersey or my athlete who's targeting that in the category fours at CBR, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing why is going to help you get out the door, not just when the weather is foul, but when you have to justify it to yourself and your family and friends, why you're going to skip out on pie after holiday dinner, why you're going to, hey, I'm I'm not meeting you guys for beer or I will meet you guys for beer, but I'm just going to have water right cuz some people are having weight loss goals or some people have have other goals associated with their goal they might want to you might want to win a bike race or you might want to climb better or this or that and all those things are important but there might be a weight component a weight loss component to your thing it's not just a performance goal thinking okay i need to get this much stronger or i need to build my endurance so that i can ride strong at hour 3 in an endurance mountain bike race right? There might be a weight loss element to what you're doing. So the discipline that you are going to need to exhibit to achieve your goals is not just on the bicycle or or just getting on the bicycle. Sometimes it's off the bicycle in social settings in which you have to justify to other people, why are you doing this? Because you seem so weird. The rest of us are just indulging blindly and having four pieces of tiramisu cake. It's not the deal, you know? <laughs> so I think that's important for people to understand. So kind of our first part of what well, this document, like we said, we call it your best cycling season. What do you want to achieve is three parts. To write your goals down, we say pick two or more, right? Could be more than that. But we pick two goals and write them down. Second, vividly describe why, what it will feel like to achieve those goals. Connect emotion and visual a visualization to the goal. Third part, why are these goals important to you? So that you can answer on command, hey, I know why these things are important to me so that I can tell myself when I need to or family, friends, loved ones, why these things are important to me. And so from there, where we get into is this is this is where we take goal setting to the next level because just goal setting is just not enough. Goal setting leaves people, it leaves people motivated. And there's, there's a lot of people that would, that would back me up on this, but there's a lot of people that say, Hey, motivation is crap. And they say motivation is crap because motivation is an emotion and it's fleeting. I tend to, I don't completely agree with that, but the reality is a lot of people feel that motivation is, is temporary. And what you really need is discipline in order to be successful. Okay. And this is where we're going to start saying, Hey, setting your goals and getting fired up and having knowing your why and all these things is just not enough. We have to make a plan, okay? And that's what we love to do as coaches. We love to help people make a plan. We love to help them execute the plan. And we like to help them shift the plan throughout their uh, path while they're on the path to get towards their goal, okay? So that's where we bring in the SWOT analysis, which is something from business and businesses in every industry of the world use this and strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Okay. And I've uh, adapted this for our athletes for a lot of years. And this is just the latest version of this. I mean, we did a, a goal setting workshop with SWOT analysis for athletes. I probably did that back in like 2015, 2015, maybe 2016. Something like that. So four or five years ago, maybe, yeah, maybe a little more than that years ago. So we, we've been doing this a long time and adding this element because we want, we want people to have a plan. So the first component in that is strengths. Okay. So the first question in the SWOT analysis for athletes is describe characteristics, your strengths that you possess, both physical and non-physical that will help you achieve your goals. And I think this is, this part is so important to be thorough about. Okay. And the reason why I want everyone to be thorough about this is because I said physical and non physical strengths. Okay. Because as athletes, we tend to think of ourselves as well, I'm a great climber. I'm a great sprinter. I'm, I'm a really strong mountain biker or I'm really strong technically on the mountain bike, which then leads to what I'm not good at. Right. And in this particular case, We think you're much more powerful, potent, and important than just whatever physical things you're good at. We think that having an indomitable will, having incredible discipline, like the, like, like Leo's athlete that's training at midnight, that's like, you have an indomitable will. You will, you will overcome, right? Do you have some of that in you? Do you have a whole lot of that in you? That's a strength, right? Hey, I'm, Really flexible or, Hey, I have, uh, access to my wife is a physical therapist and she can give me a saw, a massage once a week. That's, that's a strength. That's, that's like, that's great. Right. So what are those things? It might be money. You say, Hey, I have enough money to get all the things I need and I can, you know, have first class travel, take the time off. I need to, uh, and do those things. Right. Or you might say, Hey, I work from home. So one of my strengths is that I work from home and I can sleep in after a big training session right? Or I can start my rides later because I can, since I don't have to commute, I can I can train an hour longer. These are important non-physical strengths and attributes that can be supportive of you and your process as you're on the path to get to achieve those goals. So I think that's really important to identify those strengths, both physical and non-physical. What, what do you think, Leo?
0: Oh, I love it. <clears throat> I feel like if we... Or honest with ourselves. I believe that we see our strengths. We can always put ourselves in a scenario where we can leverage that. So just speaking of like physical strength, if, you know, if we don't have the best sprint, you know, in comparison to some of the other sprinters, obviously we go for the breakaway. If that, you know, and that's our strength, we just, and we have to figure out how to put ourselves in that scenario. So if we can figure out what our strengths, then we can translate that to on the field.
1: And you bring up a really good point there because when we know our strengths, we can then tailor our execution towards those strengths, right? So instead of saying, okay, well, let's put put together a scenario. If you're an endurance mountain biker and you want to go to the Leadville Trail 100, for example, and you say, hey, my strength is I have a cast iron stomach and I never get – I never – you know, I never get queasy while riding. It doesn't matter if I eat solid food, liquid food, or, or dumpster dive in the middle of it with a, uh, with a trash panda, you know what I mean? Whatever. Like that, that's an important strength to build into your training and then the execution of your goal, which we would be like, Hey, you know, we can, we know the food is not an element that we need to worry about, right? It's maybe not the perfect example of what we're trying to accomplish here, but you guys get my point that when you have your strengths, we first have to identify them so that we can then fold them in to the training process and event day process to help you be successful at your event and every step of the way leading up to the event. So definitely. So to everyone, take some time. You know, if you're listening to this with a pen and paper, hopefully you are, you know, take a minute, write that down, think about your strengths, you know, hit pause, think about it and then kind of join us back but the the second component here remember SWOT analysis is strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats so the next component is weaknesses and remember this is a business metric so it's it's kind of it's very black and white right so it says oh hey what are your strengths what are your weaknesses well it's looking at businesses and corporations and so some business might have more money and some business might have less money or some some company might have better patents and technology and one might not, right? I look at this as a coach, as you're an athlete, you're a human being, you can continually be developed and you might have quote unquote weaknesses that we just haven't developed yet. And so therefore we kind of created this this saying where weaknesses are really just undeveloped strengths. Okay. And it's really important to me that everyone listening to this understand the nuanced difference because a weakness is something that maybe I can't do anything about or or at least I'm semi-helpless in it because maybe it's just genetic. Maybe it's just because I'm short, you know, maybe I wanted to be a professional swimmer, but because, you know, I have small feet and small hands and Michael Phelps is huge, I can never be an Olympic swimmer, right? Well I, I don't I don't buy that, right? Like maybe there's other things that we can do. Okay. So this this notion of limiters or weaknesses, undeveloped strengths. We need to be able to list those things. And then the secondary question is, can we make those limiters? Can we transform them into a strength? Okay. So a good example for that for you as an athlete, that very well might be, you might say, hey, my endurance isn't that good. Well, simple, right? Simple. Endurance is trainable. How do we train that to become your strength? Well, we extra emphasize that. Oh man, I hate, I hate long, easy rides. They're just so boring. We can overcome that, right? So you can make your weaknesses become a strength, right? Same thing can be said for technical riding. If you're a mountain bike, right? Oh man, I do awful in the technical sections, awful in the text. I experienced this, some of this myself. Uh, this season I I did some cycle cross races for the first time. Well, probably literally in twelve years since I first started racing pro, I, I hadn't done a cyclocross race in a long, long time. So obviously, the technical aspect, dismounting and remounting, was a tremendous weakness. How did I do that? I just got on, got off, got on, got off, got off, got on. I would go over, and every ride that I finished, I would do a half an hour of just off and on, off and on, off and on, off and on, right until I finally got to the point where it wasn't quite a strength, but at least it wasn't. A major weakness and I could be competitive with the local, uh, the local pros, right? So even though I had the motor, my endurance was disproportionately developed compared to these other, uh, cyclocross racers, my technical skills were so poor. I had to develop those, right? So those were undeveloped. Undeveloped strengths, right? I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's fair to tell everybody that I made it a strength because that's not true. I'd probably need another season of it to do that. But my point is, I at least developed that weakness as much as I could in the period of time I could through the season. So that's just a personal anecdote of being able to say, what are your, what are your limiters and weaknesses? And then how can we develop those things into a strength or at least limit its negative impact on you.
0: Yeah. not all that paid off too, didn't it? But you got some results from cyclocross. So doing that off and on, off and on is all worth it.
1: Yeah, it worked out great. It worked out great. I mean, I was competitive in in the A's and I was winning the master's category. So that was kind of fun. So yeah, that was, that was definitely, uh, it definitely worked. So is there any of your athletes mm -hmm. or anything like that, that you want to share, Leo? Any, any, have they shared any of theirs? Yeah.
0: You know, one of the, one of the limiters that one of my athletes was sharing was his, his weakness in being able to accelerate and get away from the field, establishing a break, getting in the break, because he's just such a big guy. So when we were first starting to work together, one of his big weaknesses was that he was just naturally pedaling at 60 cadence. And in order to try to redevelop, develop, um, that limiter and improve upon that. We just did a lot of cadence work and we built that up to where now he's doing 80, 90 naturally. Now he's much more able to accelerate through the corners in a crit this, uh, this past season. And now he's not as going anaerobic on the climbs and using too much muscular endurance. And all that comes from just identifying what his limiters were. And it's totally
1: trainable, right? Yeah. So being able to spin yeah. up is super important. And another thing I would say to that athlete is keep in mind, right, if you're in a criterium environment and what you want to do is say, hey, I'm I'm having trouble attacking and getting away from the peloton. In those moments, sometimes you don't need to attack. If you just happen to be in the right position at the right moment and you're always looking around and scanning for the right moment, oh, wait, hey, Leo's going for the most aggressive rider's jersey. If I'm just on his wheel, he I'll make it in the breakaway right? Okay. So I'm always just near Leo when Leo's ready to attack, boy, Leo has the snap to get in the breakaway. Now I can benefit from him, right? So sometimes it's not just a physical component, but it's also that non-physical component and just being a heads up bike rider that can help you do that while you're growing. Cause just kind of like I shared with my technical skills on cyclocross, sometimes it takes more than a season to develop these things. So for your athlete, there's a, there's, I don't want to call it a band aid, but there's like, there's a stopgap measure that we can implement and we can help them with as coaches to go, Hey, while you're doing this, like we really need to get this above 90, even above 95 in a criterium environment to help you, you know, really be able to snap the rubber band and get away from the Peloton. But until then, what we can do is position ourselves appropriately so that you can get in the breakaway by being on the right wheel. And someone can take you to the breakaway instead of you having to force it yourself. Right. So there's there's multiple ways for which we as coaches and you as athletes can work together to be able to address these weaknesses and and really make remove them as a limiter from your performance, because we're all about helping you perform at your highest highest capacity.
0: Love it. You know, one of the one of the experiences like today on the group ride, just thinking of like, you know, I feel like this really translates well with limiters which was like there was just me and another guy going up a climb. And there was a scenario where he was pretty much attacking, attacking, trying to drop me. But the road was just flat enough where he couldn't drop me on the climb. And I knew I wasn't going to drop him, but I knew he was tired. And I felt like I wanted to attack him. But what I did was, you know, I knew that I had more pop than he did. And I just waited till I got to 150 meters. We were able to seal the deal. But then I realized, or he realized that, you know, he didn't have a lot of pop. So on the next climb, where it was like a super steep section, he pretty much capitalized on my weakness and he was able to stay away on the final climb, where it was like a super steep section. And I feel that's, you know, just like being able to identify those really can mold you as an athlete.
1: I love that. I love that because it's all about that mindset. And we've talked that a lot about with our Monday motivation this, that, the other, just making sure folks understand that the the mindset of being an athlete is really important. And I don't want anyone to think that we're, we're, we're too serious or we're we're taking this too seriously, but, but at the same time, you know, our athletes, when they get on their bike, they're, they pretty much are just clocking in and getting the work done, right? I mean, you're having fun while you're doing it. And we really pride ourselves at Big Wheel Coaching. We try to make training fun. But because it's not all just, you know, grind it out work, but at the same time, like you really want to get the most out of it yourself and the most out of the scenario and this at the other. So that mindset is super important because if you you get that mindset just right where you're like, hey, this is the work that I have to do. And outside of that, I can have fun. That's great. You're going to that's going to improve your chances of accomplishing your goals and staying motivated continually through the ups and downs of the season and your build towards your goals. Because we kind of have two two kinds of folks are really listening to the podcast here. And and we have people that have season-long goals, right? And so most of those are say, like, if you're a road cyclist and you're going to race a criterium season, so your season is from February to July, for example. And then you have some people that are doing kind of big bucket list type events, be a Belgian waffle ride or, or dirty Kanza, would be a gravel or Leadville mountain bike, you know, this, that, the other. And so those folks probably have two or three really big events on the, on the calendar. And then a series of smaller events that are feeder events that are going to help them get into shape have fun, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like one of those, for example, is locally, we have this, this race, um, it's the eight and 12 hours of Temecula. SoCal endurance race. Well, for those people that are going to um or maybe it's a six and twelve, I apologize. It's a six and twelve hour here uh in January and it's a mountain bike race. And for some people who are doing um like Leadville, for example, they're on that mountain bike, uh endurance mountain bike program. They need to go out and do that six-hour mountain bike because that's the first stepping stone. To helping them get a big ride in—that's kind of fun with their friends. It's not too serious. They can test some things out with the bike, check out their fitness, try some new food or or hydration strategies, or this, that, the other. And then we can all kind of see what went well, and then we can move on beyond that. So keep in mind that uh, that mindset uh, is really, really important, and those milestones are are a good good component of that. So getting into this next. Area, the SWOT analysis. We have strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So when we think of opportunities, Leo, what do you think of when you think of opportunity? Are we are we using our strengths to create opportunity? Are we are we just sitting around passively hoping for opportunity to come our way? Are we what are we chewing here? What what's the best way to think of it?
0: I believe the best way to approach this is when there's an op like we want to put ourselves like I said before. Is kind of piggybacking on that is putting ourselves in a scenario where we can utilize our strengths, and it's going to be really challenging if we don't put ourselves in a place of opportunity. You know, and just like how you said, the SWOT analysis is very business oriented. A business is going to do its best to put itself in a position where they can be successful in the business, and same could go with bike racing, where we want to try to sway the peloton, or like I like. To believe is like put the Peloton in our favor where we can try and get in a breakaway. Or know all the opportunities that will allow us to get in a break. So knowing all the sections in the segments where it can be best optimized to get in the breakaway. If we know like there's a tailwind section or there's a huge headwind section on like a flat long stretch, we know a breakaway might not work there. So perhaps like we think the best opportunity is Maybe it'll be like towards the tail end of the headwind section, where it leads into a very technical area, where the peloton single files. So just kind of like breaking down, breaking down the event, knowing the opportunities where we can be successful and know our strengths. You know, that's going to create. That's an great.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. That makes sense. I love it because oh, absolutely, that makes sense though, because yeah. what we're. What what I really think it's important for people to hit and understand is that we have to plan how we're going to use our strengths to create opportunity. Okay, and uh, there's a, there was a great old saying I can't remember exactly how it goes, but uh, people people seem to I think it goes like this: like people confuse opportunity or luck because it it looks like work and shows up at wearing overalls. Right. And so I, I know I probably all right, all right. kind of butchered that, that quote, but it's, it's a great quote because it's saying, Hey, you have to work to create opportunity. So we have these strengths. They are our strengths. We've already identified that, that these are things we're good at. How can we use them to create opportunity? So for example, right, Leo, you have proven that you can get in breakaways very well at the local level of bike racing. Like you're doing it at the hardest in the, in the longest races, the hardest races, all the best stuff here. Like you were in a breakaway at the Tour of Tucson last year, right? Like really hard bike race and you get in the breakaway. Okay. So you've proven that you can do that. So that makes it a very important component to understand how you can use that to accomplish your race day goal of wearing the most aggressive rider jersey at the California Bicycle Race Series, right? Like that's nine races or however many of the series is, it's it's fluctuating or growing. And that's a really positive thing, right? So we know that that, that you have that strength. How can we have that? Because one thing to get in the breakaway, and if they're only giving points to the guy who leads across the line, well, okay, so you've gotten the breakaway. That's step one. Step two is now we got to make sure that you're the guy that crosses the line first. So it does get more complicated, right? So when we think of of creating opportunity, we've got to look at our strengths and say, how can these strengths help us become successful? Okay. So with your pen at home, hopefully you're writing this down. Just think about it. How do you plan to use your strengths to create opportunity and become successful? This is all about being successful, right? We want you to get something for your hard work. We don't want you to just put in a bunch of hard work and come up, come out with a bunch of frustration. We want you to achieve those goals. That's the whole purpose. We're taking goal setting to the next step. Okay, so take a moment here. Write down what how your strengths can create opportunities. And then the next fo- the next component of this is what situations or factors could derail your ability to accomplish your goals. So that's kind of like threats. Okay, in fact, I would say that's exactly what what we're going to call threats. Like a situation or factor that could derail your chances of accomplishing your goal. Like that's a threat. If it's, if it's threatening your ability to, to accomplish the goal, we need to, we need to think about it and how we might attack that as an athlete. Okay. So for example, one of my athletes, he's in a situation where what he wants is he wants to do this really big race, the tour of the Gila. Okay. Okay. He wants to do this really big race, it's a five-day stage race. He wants to do it as a master's rider, right? Well, one of the things that could threaten that is if he has a lot of business trips. He has a lot of business trips come up? That's going to affect his his ability to train because when he goes and he travels, he can't take his bike with him, right? So we want to think through that and go, okay, well, wait a second. We need to A, know when we're going to... What are the likelihoods that we're going to have a lot of business travel and If that does come to fruition and there is a lot of business travel, how are we going to accomplish that? Well, what we did was we worked because we know this time of the year was very slow for travel. So we added more training, added more training, added more training so that he's ahead of the schedule in case these things come together, right? In case he has more work travel than anticipated, which is probably 60-40 going to happen, but he still really wants to go with the rest of his team to tour the Gila. How are we going to deal with that? oh, okay, we're going to plan ahead and we're going to work towards it. and We're going to do some extra work. right? So for you at home who are thinking about that, the same thing goes if you're thinking about Leadville. I had an athlete last year that was trying to get to Leadville and there was just no way that that athlete could qualify for Leadville at the first few qualifiers of the year. Like He couldn't go to the Austin Rattler. He couldn't go to... Uh, a number of these races. So he thought, okay, I'm going to have to go to the Leadville stage race, which is like two weeks before the Leadville trail 100. Then at the last minute, he was able to go to the Tahoe trail 100, which is literally a month before. So it was like, oh my gosh, like now we're racing this week. Right. So we, we really kind of worked on that because this, this gentleman I was coaching was very open with me, very honest and said, Hey, here's what I'm trying to do. And here's all the, the things that, that, might derail me from accomplishing this goal. And so we just brought his readiness up to a level that was going to help him be ready to rock and roll should the call come, that it was like, hey, you've got a week off, go to Tahoe. And that's what he did. He ended up winning his category. It was actually really cool. So, um, oh. Leo, you got anything to add on top of that when you think of uh, what factors could derail our chances for success?
0: Oh, definitely. I feel you know, this is one we can definitely conversate about, which was like two years ago when I first was doing Redlands. Like, you know, I was really motivated to do my first big pro stage race and probably overcooked it maybe a little bit, or, you know, actually maybe not overcooked it, but due to a lack of stretching and working on flexibility, I had a knee issue. And the knee issue was probably more of a knee injury, a minor injury where I couldn't actually rotate my full knee in a pedaling rotate, like, uh, pedaling motion. And, you know, I called you like, as soon as it happened, like, cause I was just freaking out. I was just like in panic. You know, I I don't usually ever just call you on a whim. You know, usually I'll show you the text, but you kind of like, what did you do in that situation? When I just like, kind of, you know, you probably dropped what you were doing. You're probably doing something, but you picked, you were able to pick up and assess the situation for me.
1: Yeah, that was – this is actually for everyone at home. This is a really – I want you to to tune in here because it's a really teachable moment. But basically, Leo's big goal of the year was the Redlands Bicycle Classic. And in that year, it was a little bit early in the season. It wasn't as pushed back as it was uh, in the last two years. But anyway, what happened was we were training really, really hard because he – he needed to get his category one upgrade in time. So he was still racing in December to get his category one upgrade. So the time off between end of season and beginning of season was very, very small. And at that time he ended up developing a knee problem when he got really like right up to, gosh, it was like three weeks before and you hardly even trained if memory serves me. And no, and definitely. No, yeah. we talked a lot about this, right, Leo? Because what we talked about was I didn't want you to panic and it would be so easy to panic, right? And, and specifically, we should be really transparent with everybody that your goal was that you wanted to be the best rider from, you know, from SoCal, like the regional guys, like not not the guys on the proteins or anything like that. You wanted to be the best guy out of that. And that was what we were really, really working for. And what we said was, hey, rest is best. Let's 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 rest hard early, even though you initially felt like a couple of days rest was like, okay, I'm good to go. We took a couple extra days so that we could make sure that it was good to go. And there was even a little setback after that, right? And so we just kept on it, kept on it, and, and you, of course, were fantastic about it because you went and got treatment for it, you got massages, we looked at um, the cleat position, we looked at the saddle position, we looked at changing the saddle, saddle height, bike fit, all those other things, right? And it ended up, worked out, got the workouts in you needed to, you showed up, and you did it. You were the last man standing when it came to that uh, at the end of it, right? But it certainly wasn't the perfect buildup. It certainly wasn't uh, a stress-free uh, run-in to your first Redlands, which at that time, that was the biggest race you've ever done, right? And it was in front of all your hometown people. You know, here I live in the area, so of course you... You and I are spending time together and you're coming out early. We're reconning the route, all the stuff. And so I was really impressed with you uh, because our secondary question, and I want to lead everybody into this, but our our secondary question in this threats component of our SWOT analysis is how will you adapt and overcome in the face of adversity in order to achieve your goals? Well, Leo had to do it. You know, yes, we did it together and we, we worked on it and we thought about what were the best ways forward, but, but you did the work, Leo, you did all the work. You did a great job. You figured out how to adapt and overcome so that you could achieve your goals. Because there was actually, if memory serves me, there was a couple of guys that year that we know that were slated to be on teams that didn't show up because they were having all, you know, my feet hurt or my knee hurts, or, you know, I'm having neck problems or my fitness isn't where I want it to be. Right. And you could have easily said, Hey, I don't want my debut at the Redlands classic to, to be compromised. I want to give it my best. And no one could fault you for that. But at the same time you said, Hey, I've put so much into this. I, I know why I want to do this. I want to do this. And you made it happen. Okay. And and what that is a real great illustration of is, hey, you can put in a lot of work towards what you're working for. So for everyone at home, whatever goal you're working towards, you're going to put in a lot of work for that. And you might get darn, darn, darn close, almost taste it, almost taste it. And then you could have a setback and not be able to do it. Okay. Or, or have to revise the goal as we get closer right but what re- what we realized in this particular situation by helping you revise you still accomplished the goal cuz the goal was you wanted to be last man standing of all the locals and you were and you did it it was i couldn't have been more proud of you right and i know at that time your team manager was hoping for more uh from you but but uh, i think you know having looked at all your data and and knowing you personally leo like you really rose to the occasion did a great job and, and you paddled a bunch of his other you know, a bunch of your other teammates that, that didn't try as hard. So uh, I, there's a lot to be proud of. And I hope that people can learn from that and, and see your example there and go, okay, Hey, when adversity strikes, this is what I can do to adapt and overcome.
0: Exactly. And I believe like, <clears throat> this isn't to like, just tweak my horn, but the whole I guess is what you really taught me is just to what we need to develop with our athletes is just that mindset. Like you put me in a frame of mind that just like, Hey, it's going to be all right. Just, you know, do X, Y, Z, you'll heal up. And then we'll get back to the work and you'll, you'll be just fine. Go leading into your big event. And that's exactly what happened. So just understanding like when those threats arise, we just have the mindset to adapt and assess the situation. And then look at our opportunities to figure out what we need to do.
1: Absolutely. And, and so that kind of closes out the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, so the SWOT analysis, the athlete SWOT analysis of it. But again, we talked about this being a really well-rounded approach to goal setting. So we had the goal setting, we had the SWOT analysis. And now the thing that we really the last thing we want everyone to do at home here is we want to help you develop some milestone targets. They're going to help you get closer and fuel you as you get closer to your goals. So we want you to write down three is a good number, but maybe it's more milestone targets that are going to help you achieve your goals, okay? And the secondary question is, what can you do today, this week, and this month to keep you moving forward? Everybody's setting New Year's resolutions right now, okay? Okay. Everybody is setting New Year's resolutions. Oh, I want to lose ten pounds. Hey, I want to do Leadville. Hey, I want to do Dirty Kansas. Hey, I want to do Belgian Waffle Ride. Hey, I want to—I want to win my age group at, at the Rock Cobbler or whatever it is. Right? I'm just naming off random stuff. But the reality is, these are all big goals, and the only way we're going to accomplish big things is we're going to have to break them down into bite-sized chunks that we can manage. Okay. And so when we say things like, what can you do today, this week, and this month to keep you moving towards your goals, those are milestone targets, okay? Milestones are things like, Leo and I were talking about this before we got on the podcast. If you have a weight loss goal, let's say you want to lose 15 pounds before your big race in June, okay? If you want to lose 15 pounds, you don't just say, hey, I want to lose 15 pounds. 15 pounds starts with losing a single pound, okay? So maybe your milestone target is, I wanna lose five pounds in this month, okay? So first milestone is five pounds, okay? Well, then we know that losing weight progressively gets harder. So instead of saying, hey, five, 10, 15 pounds goal accomplished, maybe it's five pounds. Then we go to two pound increments and then it's like, okay, now I've lost seven pounds. Now I've lost nine pounds. Now I've lost 11 pounds. Now we're at 11 pounds and we know like it's gonna be one at a time until we get to that 15 pounds, right? And so, okay, now it's like, oh, now I lost 12 pounds. Now I've lost 13 pounds. Now I lost 14 pounds. I'm one pound away, right? So now you can start to think about hitting that goal becomes much more manageable. And uh, a dear friend of mine years ago always used to tell me, be like, hey, Brian, how do you eat an elephant? And I'd always be like, one bite at a time, right? And so I love it that we're encouraging everybody to write down big goals and to stretch themselves so that they can write down big goals. But it's very important that we that we back that up with milestone targets, things that we can do today, this week, this month, right, that are going to help back you up and keep you fueled on your journey, okay? The last thing we want is, I don't want anybody saying, hey, I want it. And this, this is just because I was just talking to an athlete uh, this week about it. And the guy was like, hey, I want to get a big belt buckle at Leadville. So for everyone at home, that's sub nine hours in Leadville. That's a, big, that's a huge goal. Like that's a, that's legitimately a huge goal, right? Like, I mean, that takes a whole season of training. There's, there's multiple other events you have to do to qualify and you have to hit certain targets there and you have to get to them because they're always in another state. Like it's, it's not easy to go do that, right? And so what happens when you miss the first, tar- the first milestone? Well, we can course correct and get you back on track to hit it and then hit the second one. But if you just say, hey, I'm I'm just hoping I'm going to get to Leadville and go sub nine, there's a lot of things that we can do in between to ensure we're going to achieve success, right? And so this isn't all about epic rides. What about things like cyclocross? I want to get to cyclocross nationals. That's a really big goal. The only way you're going to get to cyclocross nationals is if you break it down and do some local races. And then you do some regional races. And then from there, you get in your points and you get in your start position. You nail your start and then you get your call up and you go to nationals and you're ready to go and you're ready to be competitive. And I think that's so important for people to understand is that every goal, regardless of how big or or little it might seem, it can be broken down and have milestone targets. I got a question
0: for you. <clears throat> yeah. So, so for you at, you know, at, a, at the professional level, I'm sure, you know, you have goals and you have your own milestones. How much, how much do you break it, break down your goal and how many milestones like do you like to set for yourself?
1: That's a great question. I don't set a number of milestones that I want to <laughs> achieve, but I, I always set, I always try to do the appropriate, not overwhelm myself with milestone targets. Kind of back in the day, I tried to over plan things. And when I overplanned things, I-, I had too many milestone targets that I was trying to hit every day and I-, and I ended up getting tunnel vision and I was only working on this one aspect of my goal. Mm. And that made it really, really difficult. And then I kind of overcorrected and I went to like, hey, I'm going to have just a couple, just like one or two. And then all of a sudden I missed them and it was like, uh-oh how do I get back on track? So I think, I think, you know, obviously we, we put down in our worksheet for our athletes, we put down three milestone targets. I tend to think between three and five, six are good milestone targets. And it just depends on the time frame associated with your goal, right? So if your goal is a month away, well, you know, we can't have, if it's 30 days away, we can't have 31 milestone targets, right? Like we need to figure out where we're going to be after week one, after week two, after week three, et cetera. Right. But at the same time, if, if you were to go the opposite way and say, Hey, your goal is one year away. Right. Like I have a, I have a guy who's been training. Basically he went to the Cape Epic last year without a coach and he had, a, he'd never made it past stage two. He got home, called me and said, Hey, I want to do like I want to do the Cape Epic, right? And bless his heart, like he's crushing it. He's doing so good, right? But when you have a year out to your goal, it's almost overwhelming to think through it. And this, this particular gentleman is super driven and very disciplined, travels a lot. And he's been able together, we, we just put it in manageable chunks so that he could be like, okay, this is what I can do now. This is what I'm working on now. So I I think, Without putting in an exact number on it, I want everyone to think of it like the benefit there is of working with a coach is being able to put the right amount of milestone targets in front of you that motivate you, not so many that it demotivates you, but not so little that it, uh, shall we say, under motivates you either, right? Like you got to be like, okay, hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this, right? And we're all at the same time too. We're all human. And we, and we don't do well when we have a single, 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 single focus, right? Like people got to be husbands, wives, fathers, daughters, work, you know, employees, all those things. So you can't just say, Hey, I, I'm going to tune everything in my life out and just think about my cycling goal. That's just, that doesn't work. And, and I can say that for someone who has a, is a professional, who has professional teammates that don't have any other job than this, uh, than just riding, etc. So it's really important that people are well-rounded. So. Don't overcomplicate unnecessarily overcomplicate your life. Leo, we wanted to close this out with a with a little bit of wisdom for our journey. And we've got a couple of quotes. Would you like to read the quotes to everyone? And- I got this quote from NCBI. And this quote
0: talks about how these psychologists were saying goal setting is an important strategy for behavior change and has been effective in changing physical activity in adults. So just with that setting a goal activates a behavior change of taking action and that that's where it all begins just when you write down something and you start and you put your mind to it that's that's just how the little stream becomes a waterfall
1: and we like waterfalls we like waterfalls. yes (laughs) and uh you know i've got a i've got a quote here that i always like to read uh i always try to draw inspiration from things outside of cycling for my cycling because I think that's the best way to for us to have well-rounded approach to or at least get innovative ideas. And there's this great book called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And it's a very, very old book, but but business leaders use it and and uh, all sorts of industries use it. And, and there's this great quote, and he talks about victory. Victory is achieved through preparation and planning. Rarely is it achieved through the application of brute force. And I want everyone to think about that for a second. Victory isn't something we always associate with our goals because we think, you know, Hey, my goal isn't to win the race. My goal is to be the, you know, the best I can be. And that's fantastic, but that's still a victory for you. And so when we think about victory, we think about what Sun Tzu said years and years and years ago. I mean, this is ancient China when he's writing this. Okay. He's talking about preparation and planning. He didn't say anything, anything about doing the work. He said all about preparation and planning. Right. And I think that's the, that's the power of having a coach. That's the power of having someone in your corner that wants to help you be successful. Right. And, and to me, as someone who really gets a tremendous amount of enjoyment of helping people achieve their goals, that's the part that really is enjoyable is that preparation and planning component. Because so many of our athletes and everyone listening to this podcast, they're down to execute. We just got to make sure that what they're executing on are the things that are going to help them be successful, right? And get rid of the things that aren't, right? Makes sense, Leo?
0: Yeah, completely agree. Like, I can't, rec- you know, I can recall all the times where, you know, like the Tucson stage race, you call me uh, after the stage and we talked about the next stage and you were like, dude, Like these teams are just gonna kill each other. Just, you know, let them kill each other. And then I was like, all right, I pretty much have one move. I have one opportunity to get myself in a break and heck, like it worked. And that's gone for other several races. And, you know, when we just prepare for the races the day before and do our homework, like I remember one of my athletes, like we knew who was hot and who was not leading into the season. And we marked three guys and they attacked from the gun and he followed he followed those guys and he got himself in the winning breakaway and he got his first result. So a lot of that goes well with the quote with just proper preparation.
1: I love it. I love it. Oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. we have one more quote with for everybody, and it's by a gentleman named Dennis Waitley. Okay. And he says, Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay not defeat. It is temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid only by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. I think that's just fascinating because so often we think about, we just talked about victory, right? Well, this gentleman's taking the opposite approach and he's saying, hey, the only way to get to victory is you got to fail. You got to try. You got to test yourself. You got to see what's going on right? You got to push your limits. You got to stretch yourself. And when we think about goal setting, that's what we really started with. I want everybody at home to stretch yourself, put something down on paper. And if it doesn't work out, tear up the paper and write it again. That's okay. That's okay. Just get something down on paper, revisit it, see what's working. Try again. If it fails, that's okay. You just have to stay in the game. You have to keep trying. You have to keep grinding. You have to keep pushing your limits. And that's, what's going to help You be successful. And what I want people to take from that quote, right? Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. There's two components of that. and One thing I think Mr. Waitley just got a little bit wrong there is that you can learn from success too. It's not winning and learning. It's always learning. It's lifelong learning, right? We talked about this in our last podcast of 2019 with Coach Brady we talked about the growth mindset and we wanted to follow up the growth mindset with the most appropriate thing that you should be doing at this time of year which is goal setting SWOT analysis identifying milestone targets and getting some motivation and turning that into preparation and planning and then learning from those failures right and learning from learning from winning learning from losing always 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 learning and that's what we're here to help our athletes do we love doing it. It's something that just, man, it makes us so happy and brings us a lot of joy to see people be successful like you're talking about with your athlete. who have gone the breakaway and got a result. That's just, oh, I love that. I just love that, man. So, uh, as we, as we close out here, Leo, we've got two important Big Wheel coaching initiatives that we want to share with with people. And, I would love it if you would lead us out on uh, Camp Big Wheel.
0: We have our camp Big Wheel in February 20th to 23rd in Palm Springs. You know this is you know pretty stoked about this because we get four days of riding and with all the coaches available, you really have an opportunity to get on get that one on one coach time with that family style of camp dinners and and some solid training. And there's you might be like, oh, I'm not as fit as Brian Brian or Leo, so you know. But we have different. Uh, mileage that would be appropriate for your type of training and you know our peloton's growing fast and this is something we're just all excited about uh brian what really inspired you to put on this be um camp big wheel
1: we've had so many people over the years that are like hey you guys should do a training camp and 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 i i should step back i've probably been to 15 training camps, be it altitude training camps, um, team training camps, you know, mid-season training camps, crit training camps, all these other things, right, that I've been a part of as an athlete. I've also been a coach at a couple of training camps, okay, and been able to see it from the coach side of the fence. And there's a lot of great things that that, that pro training camps do for the athletes, but there's also most of the athletes that we coach are not pro cyclists. In fact, there's only a couple that are, that we do coach, right? And so the majority of our folks are people that have full-time jobs that are working to try and get to their goal and they need a little extra help, right? And that's where we wanted to build with Camp Big Wheel is we wanted to say, hey, Big Wheel Coaching is about helping you achieve your goals and having fun while you're doing, it, okay? We're about having fun while we do the work. Okay, so what better way to do that than in a peloton of like-minded people, sharing meals, having fun, off the bike recovery techniques, active recovery. We got this great, um, friend of ours, Eric Bostrom from uh, Backmate. Is he has an incredible company, and what they do is they make recovery products. So they have self massagers, they have back massagers, they have foam rollers and other things. And and I told him about our idea, and he was like. Brian, I'll make sure you have all the stuff so that you can have a recovery lounge there. So Big Wheel Campers, okay, at Camp Big Wheel, you're going to have access to a recovery lounge with compression boots. You'll have uh, foam rollers. You'll have recovery tools galore to help you recover properly for the next day's training. And so many of our athletes get off their bikes and it's like, you know, I can say this as a new dad. It's like, hey, here's the kid you know, I need you to do something because Joy and I are always swapping uh baby time so that uh one of us can go train, right? Well now this is our opportunity to spoil our athletes to say, hey, you sit down, we got a mechanic over there that's gonna take care of your bike. Hey, you sit down, we're gonna take care of some fa- we'll take care of the food. Okay. We're gonna work together. We're gonna build it all out. We're gonna have just an incredibly fun time and we're gonna get just that right amount of family-oriented fun, like chill off the bike time, good proper training—not killing everybody training, but good, good proper training. So we got four great days. That's highlighted by uh, Saturday. We're going to do spoiler alert—a two hundred kilometer big private Grand Fondo. So I was talking to a couple of people about this uh, at Four Days to Fitness, and they were so excited about this because the terrain out. In Palm Springs is really flat. So it makes it easy to do a big ride and it makes it easy for us to do it as a peloton. And some people can sit on and that can really stretch their mileage. Other people can do a lot of work in the ride and do work on the front, help them get a little intensity in. So it's gonna be, it's not just easy miles rolling along, putting in the mileage us. This is gonna be, this is gonna be really well rounded training, good, good stuff, really. So if there's more information on our website. We hope that you'll check it out. If you have questions, please message us uh, through social media or email me at bigwillcoaching at gmail.com. We would love to have you. It's Look at all the camps around. When we looked at putting this camp together, other camps are like 2,000 bucks, right? 1,000 2,000 bucks. Ours is far less than that. It's 650. It's very reasonably priced. All you got to take care of is your logic. So we'd love to have you. If you're thinking 200K is a big ride, just like Leo said, we have a we have medium and long routes each day so that you can be successful. So, you know, nobody has to go out and kill themselves and we start these rides together and we finish these rides together. So know that we're not leaving anybody behind. So we'd love to have you guys. And uh, the second thing that we have going on here is we're doing, we're kicking off at CBR. We're doing some more VIP category Four race experiences for our, category four men and category four women. So if you're a SoCal bike racer, you're racing some criteriums and you're listening to this, or you have friends that are category fours and they're signed up for CBR at any of the CBRs, we want them to sign up and we're going to teach them how to race. Well, I shouldn't say how to race because they probably already know how to race, but we're going to teach them the finer points of racing. And what we're going to do while we're is. We're going to give them all the tools for which to be successful. We're going to treat them like pros for a day. And it's a very, very reasonable price. So check it out at CBR. They, I think they reg bike reg.com, but uh, you can check that out. Price is very reasonable and you get treated like a pro for a day. Um, it's going to be really, really cool. We've had a lot of success. We just did one of those in December. You probably heard the podcast with that. And it was like, people were so, super fired up and they want us to come back and and do it all season long. So we're going to make a season's worth of curriculum for it. So it's going to build on itself. So you want to get in early and you want to come to the first one because it's going to build into the second one, build into the third one, build into the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. And by the end of it, these our guys are going to be able to create strategy, work together as a team, execute strategy as a team, and be winning races, right? And uh, I uh, being as our guys won the first race, won the last race we did. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to keep that going. So and they're going to make us proud. So I'm uh, pretty, pretty you know, excited about that. that. So pretty excited about all those things here. We've got some clothing orders open. I'll uh, put that in the link to the podcast. Uh, there's the VR seven clothing store is open. And we also have a killer pedal industries uh, cl- store collection. We have, And race day bag and hats and socks and all the stuff. So, but the, the VR7 Big Wheel coaching clothing is only open until January 12th because we're trying to get clothing done for all everyone who's coming to Camp Big Wheel. So if you are coming to Camp Big Wheel, message me before you sign up or sign up. As soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a code because you get 50% off your order from vr7 because vr7 wants as many people as possible in vr7 kits there because we're going to do a very cool exclusive photo shoot for everyone who's in a big wheel kit so not a requirement to be in a big wheel kit but certainly would love it if you did so anyway uh and on that note some closing gratuity leo what are you thankful for
0: you know i'm just thankful for the entire year and you know i really got this i really put a focus towards family at the end of this year where you know i remember past years for new years i would get out and ride but this year uh, there was like a big family event and you know one of the big things that one of my cousins talked about was that it was just so rare for everyone to get together and for everyone to finally be together in one place with such a big family like it was a good it's a good feeling and you know i'm just thankful for that
1: i love it i love it i will have to agree with you that I am very thankful for family. This was the first year that we got to have the holidays at our house, so to speak. Uh, Usually we always travel for the holidays and we got to have my in-laws came over and even my father came over for the holidays. And that was just really special to see so many people coming together and, and loving on Seamus and teaching him the meaning of family and what the, what the holidays are all about. And, And a lot of our friends were included in that. It wasn't just family. So we're really, really thankful to, bring everyone into our little house and and uh make them a meal and tell them let show them how special they are to us. So I hope everyone had a great holiday. I hope they're fired up for a wonderful New Year's. And I hope that this goal setting and SWOT analysis can be really, really helpful. If you listen to this and you want the document, a PDF version of the document we said, email me bigwheelcoaching at gmail.com or message us on our social media challenge pages and I'll send you, send it to you. Happy to do it. And outside of that, we just hope you guys have an incredible 2020. We hope that 2020 can be your best season of cycling yet and know that we're happy to help you do that. If you have questions about coaching, questions about training, hit us up. We're here. We love doing this. We'd love to help you. And, uh, we have some spots open for coaching for 2020 and we'd like to help you do it, help you be successful. So thanks everyone for listening. We wish you an incredible new year. Until next time, be safe, ride hard, have fun.